This is the Breakfast Leadership Podcast. Boundaries or burnout, you make the choice. Here's your host, Michael Levitt. Welcome back. This next guest uh, identifies as the fail coach. Miha, welcome to the show. Hi, Michael. It's Great a pleasure to be here. Great to have you here. You have a very interesting backstory, and and you know, as I indicated and introduced you as the fail coach, and a lot of people are going to go, "Oh, what's this all about?" So, uh, <laughs> you know, you kind of walk us through your journey and how you you became the fail coach and, and the work that you do today. Okay, I mean, I'm I'm going to do the quick story because you know, in the past twenty three years, you can talk for hours. Uh, but yeah, I dropped out of high school when I was 17. I started my entrepreneurial journey at 18. Uh, by the time I was 30, I had a few successful companies making seven, eight, multiple eight figures uh, per year. And, uh, the one thing that was lacking was the foundation. Um, back then I did not realize that I had no clue what foundations are, how do you make them? or anything like that. I was really good at sales. I was good at networking. And because of the good macroeconomic situation at that time, something similar to what we are experiencing right now, you know, uh, shares are going up, real estate is going up. Like right now, it's quite hard to go bankrupt because of this general worldwide good macroeconomic situation and the same was before the crash of the 2008 and then 2009 um i was just riding the good wave enjoying the life my net worth at that time was roughly around 15 million us uh which was pretty good for a 20 something year old um and uh yeah then the crisis came and uh, one of my businesses was an investor in a big, huge real estate project. <clears throat> we were in the middle, prices dropped. Uh, our project was far from ending up with a zero, so we would be in a huge minus. I got a phone call from the bank, December 7th, 2009, Monday. They said, we, we are uh, out um, and... Uh, yeah, that's how the whole domino effect started. And very quickly, I found myself 5 million in personal debt. Now, in the beginning, I didn't really realize what happened to me. Um, and I was in the survival mode. I can fix it. I can find a way. Um, I, I'll find some other contract, something like that. But as the weeks went by um, and I used up all the options that came to me um you know that's when the realization came plus because the bank got most of the money back what they did is they bankrupted all my other companies so i wasn't able to pay suppliers employees taxes and so on so it felt like i own money to like half of the country and uh, every morning i was waking up to phone calls from those debtors, uh, those phone calls in a few weeks time turned to almost like mafia calls, like what they will do to me. I mean, you know, in all honesty, 
now looking back, I know nobody would actually really kill me. Uh, but at that time, you know, you're under huge emotional influence, under huge stress, depression, anxiety, and so on. And, and I really believed it. And, and that added on top of everything else. And uh, soon, you know, weeks go by and uh, you don't see any options. You don't see anything. That darkness starts coming into you, creeping inside. Um, phone calls don't stop. And, and, you know, your head is like a nuclear reactor ready to explode any minute. Um, you can't find any peace, quiet. Even, you know, on a Friday evening, um, you know, the whole weekend, oh, uh, phone calls free. But I was just, you know, um, trying not to go to sleep just to prolong the whole weekend so that the Monday morning would come as, as late as possible. Um, and then slowly you start asking yourself, you know, like, what is, is, is it worth it? Like, why would I live like this? You know, I mean, in the process, I also got divorced. I lost most of my friends. Like, you know, I was like all alone in the whole world. And, uh, yeah, you start thinking about suicide and you start thinking more about it and more and more. And, and then, you know, a few weeks later, I was on the balcony my apartment was just a few days from being taken away from me, um, smoking a cigarette. And I just climbed on the other side of the fence. And I was already like inclined, like 45 degrees over the edge, um, holding myself with, with one hand, looking down. And uh, the thing that went through my head was, uh, will I do this right? You know, or will I just end up in a wheelchair and all those problems will not go away? The silence will not come. It was all about that peace and silence in my head because I wasn't able to, to calm it down in any other way. And, you know, the whole idea of dying was, okay, it might hurt for a second and then it's all gone. That silence will come in. And uh, as I was, you know, doing this, um, I started to, you know, just yell at myself. And, and I used some pretty juicy language, which I wouldn't repeat here on your podcast, Michael. Uh, but it was along the lines, you know, you really messed it up. You made all those mistakes. And that was, you know, the first aha moment was the me hearing myself say the, say the word you. Because up to that moment, you know, it, it was easy to blame everything on the market crash, on uh, the crisis, the politics and, and all of that. Um, and this was the first moment where I really understood that I made mistakes. I made bad choices. I made uh, um, bad hirings. I took projects that were maybe too big for me at that time without the right knowledge and the right team to handle them and so on. And, and that was really that aha moment was realizing that it was all me and then realizing that, oh my God, like if I change, if I learn, if I grow, if I make better choices, if I did it once, I can do it again and I can do it bigger. And, and suddenly there was this little ray of light, you know, at, at the end of a huge long tunnel. Um, that uh, was enough for me to keep fighting 
So I climbed back in. I started writing on a piece of paper everything that I need to do. I started doing a whole lot of work on my personal development, my business development. And then with all those lessons, um, I created another startup in 2014. It will be tomorrow, uh, Friday the 14th. It will be six years since it was created. Um, it was on a Friday, uh, same as, as, as tomorrow, Valentine's Day. And I was able to scale that business from zero to multiple eight figures in the first year and then to multiple nine figures in the next year. And then uh, one year later, I had a successful exit uh, by a Fortune 100 company uh, acquisition. I was able to repay almost 7 million of past debts with you know, uh, uh, all the lawsuits and, and uh, um, all of that. And uh, I found myself in this very strange situation, very unknown to me because I had the freedom, suddenly I had the freedom of time, the freedom of money, and I had the freedom of choice, which is for me the ultimate freedom where you choose what you wanna do, you don't have to do it, but you choose what you wanna do. And um, I realized that I have to be surrounded by fellow entrepreneurs. So I started going to meetups, I started traveling, conferences, uh, incubators, accelerators, co-working spaces, you name it, anywhere where I was able to be surrounded by entrepreneurs. And I loved how I was able to help them and mentor them and advise them and so on. They were, you know, they were all coming to me for advice because they heard my story and it, it just felt so amazingly good. Um, I truly felt, and I still do, I still feel like a billionaire. Um, not because of the money, I, I don't have a billion, but um, because of how it feels in your heart when you do something for others, when you help others. And yeah, so it was a very easy decision to do that permanently. And when uh, one night, me and a friend of mine, we were having a few beers um, and, you know, I was like, oh, how do I name this thing now? You know, we, I need a brand name. I need a website. Like... Uh, and, and he said, uh, well, you always talk how important it is to have healthy relationship with failure, how any entrepreneur will fail much more than they will succeed, um, how everything you've learned or most of everything you've learned came from all your past failures. Every story that you tell starts with, I failed at this and then this happened. Um, he said, you're the fail coach. And I don't know, maybe it was the beer, but I really liked the idea. And uh, we went with it. And the more I talk about it, the more I help people, the more I share the story, the more I am uh, in love with, you know, the whole uh, fail coach uh, selection. So that's a short story. <laughs> no, there's so much in there and there's some synergies and, yeah, the, you know, thankfully I didn't lose millions, but it, it certainly felt that way, um, you know, with my own personal journey of, of some significant losses back in 2009, right at the, you know, in the heart of the economic recession uh, that uh, was rough on many, many people. And I had to, you know, dust myself off and rebuild myself. And 
uh, at the time that, and it's never easy to rebuild yourself, uh, but when you're a grown adult, it's even more challenging. But the fact that you, you took these experiences and they were significant for, I mean, they're dramatically significant and was able to take these lessons and experiences and translate them into an act of service and service to others to help them again, develop uh, a better relationship with failure. Cause we, we, we see that in society. Everyone's like, Oh, you failed. It's like, okay. Yeah. Well, guess what? You know, I, I use a baseball analogy. It's like, you know, Ted Williams, you know, basically got out, you know, six out of 10 times every time he went to the plate, you know, so o- over his career, six out of 10 times, he failed. Well, he, he, is view, he is viewed as one of the greatest baseball players that has ever lived, one of the greatest hitters that ever lived. And he only got 40% results. You know, in, in most organizations, if you're, if you're producing at a 40% pace, you know, the, the likelihood of you staying in that organization is not good because there's an expectation of this top performance stuff. And I think it limits people and i think entrepreneurs especially uh, we've never in in the history of the world have had an opportunity uh, for more entrepreneurs to to launch businesses easier than we do right now and i think it's a case of i think many people and you know i'd love to hear your opinion on this i think people are afraid to fail so they play it safe and they go, well, I don't think that post is going to be good, or I'm not going to launch that product just yet because it's not ready. So they hold back and they play it safe. And if they play it safe, they're never going to get anywhere with it because you, you got to go in there and, and fail. And actually, you know, I was on an interview earlier this morning and, you know, a, a fellow uh, coach in the industry likes to, in his talks, he likes to say, you know, for people that are putting out products and services, put out crap 1.0 and then release crap 2.0 and then just start getting better at what you're releasing. And eventually you'll have a version that will be probably okay. And maybe it'll be decent, but you, you, you got to get out there and you got to get um, moving things along and, you know, fail forward is, you know, another phrase I hear a lot, but yeah, I'd love to hear your take on, on, you know, why you think people are so afraid to fail. Well, I mean, one thing, the social media is, most of the time painting this false picture you know there's so many gurus out there who only show you the good side i mean you know you've been in business i've been in business we know that that's a huge bs i mean no journey goes without failures i mean it's 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 mathematically physically i don't know in what way impossible you may have a few lucky uh, things in, in the journey. I mean, every now and then somebody wins the jackpot as well. But, you know, if your journey is long enough, <clears throat> you'll have plenty of failures. But on one hand, you know, there is this portrayal of, of this perfect life, the, the shiny objects. Um, another thing is that there's this huge infobesity of, of information out there. And the third is what you said, like more and more people with no background in business are starting to be entrepreneurs, you know, and, and they like, you know, t- taking a, a program or a coach or education or something like that is like, oh, no, I don't need that. You know, I can do it by myself. I mean, 
I mean, you know, you talk about baseball. I mean, is there any uh, athlete out there in any sport without a coach? No. I mean, have you ever heard of anybody who was, a, um, I don't know, the best cyclist in the world, the best tennis player, the best whatever, who said, no, I'm, I'm all self-taught and nobody ever helped me on this journey. Uh, but there's this, I don't know, like, I think because there's so many coaches out there and, and programs that really, you know, aren't as good as they want to picture. People have like, almost like with Mway or Tupperware, you know, like MLM is, is, is a good business model. If we look at it, like from, you know, business perspective, it's a good business model. Now what people do with it, that's a whole different thing. And because of those people who do it in the wrong way, um, like the whole MLM industry has, you know, this bad voice um, because companies didn't took enough care to educate people how to do it properly. Or even some companies were started from the start to be, um, you know, not, not the right thing. Uh, so it, it's a little bit of, you know, a few different things, but I would say, yes, the whole influx of how many people are, joining this entrepreneurial journey without any background and i mean look at me i i had no background i dropped out of high school i was winging it and it goes for some time i mean you know you can really wing it for for quite some time before uh something happens like a financial crisis and you know if history has taught us anything every 10 to 12 years there's another crisis which means the next one is probably just around the corner. Maybe with this coronavirus, maybe with, you know, uh, Brexit, maybe with, you know, US elections, maybe something will happen in China, maybe something will happen in Russia. Like, who knows? The world is so global, it never was as global as it is today, which means connected. So it doesn't have to come from the US like the last one. It might come from China or Japan or Russia and it can shake the whole world. And that's when, you know, all the businesses that ha don't have the solid foundations, they will be the first ones to be blown away. And it will probably be a more massive thing because we have much more businesses, more entrepreneurs without any solid foundations. So that's my take on it. Yeah, I think the foundation key, uh, our foundation is key and you know, with all the new entrepreneurs that lack business experience, I agree. You know, you, you can, you know, catch that lightning in a bottle and things can go well for a bit. But then as soon as there's any type of economic downturn or hiccup or change, you know, for example, you know, I know in you know, a couple of years ago, I think it was, you know, there was a lot of businesses that were strictly doing 100% business on Facebook. Their interaction, sales and all of that stuff was Facebook ad driven. And Facebook changed their algorithms and several businesses went out of business because they couldn't you know, reach you know, a new customer base the same way they did before. They weren't prepared for it. They weren't agile enough. And those businesses vanished. And yeah. it's, it happens all the time. And, and it's a case of as an entrepreneur, if you don't know how to run a business, my suggestion is you better find somebody that does, you know, get yourself some coaches and Michael. Yes. Michael, even if you know how to do it, I like, I work with 
um, sometimes with eight, nine, ten figure entrepreneurs, they know what's the value in having a mentor or a coach. I'm a business coach. I have mentors. I'm part of masterminds. I have coaches. If any business coach ever tells me, oh, no, I don't need a coach. I'm a business coach myself. I run away. I run because that's the wrong mindset. You can be like, I mean, why? Like, okay, I, I don't know uh, baseball because I'm from Europe. And, you know, in Europe, we don't actually uh, have baseball at all. Um, so we don't follow it. Uh, but, you know, maybe, you, you know, um, tennis, Novak Djokovic, one of the best players. Uh, I think he's the best player in the world. Um, he has coaches and he's the best. And, you know, why would he need a coach? Well, he needs one. So, you know, when, when anybody tells me, oh, I don't need mentors, I'm not part of any masterminds, I'm not saying you need to get a coach. Just, you know, join a few masterminds, be surrounded, talk with others, brainstorm with others, uh, because that's, that's how you grow as well. And you learn or, on, on other people's mistakes. So you don't, you don't have to do them yourself. There's plenty of mistakes that you'll do anyway. Why, why complicate your life even further? But, you know, when it comes to business, building a business, 90% of people out there in the early stages, they think that they have to do it by themselves. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, because if you're trying to do everything, you know, look, you look at a restaurant analogy. Let's say you are the cook, you're the servant, you're the dishwasher. Um, you're the one that's sweeping up the floors, taking out the garbage, all of those things, your restaurant's not going to survive because you, you, you're trying to do too many things. And most of those things people are just simply not good at. So you figure out what you're good at and you delegate or outsource everything else. And if you don't know what that is, then you work with a mentor or a coach that can guide you through this because there's many of us that have been down this path, you know, and, you know, have the scars to prove it. And we figure out, okay, this works, this does it. Now, and it's applicable to every industry. It doesn't necessarily mean, you know, that we are experts in your particular niche market, but we know the strong business sense uh, to be able to guide you on focusing on the things that only you can do. Because if you're doing that, then, you have a better chance of your business being successful in the long run. And I think that's another thing that people tend to think is I'm going to launch this business and I'm going to be an internet millionaire in two days. Well, has that happened? <laughs> it has happened, but you know what? They've also lost several millions three days later. Um, it's, it, it's, it's a fickle thing running a business and it's, it's, it's much like, you know, a sailboat. You, know, you got to kind of pay attention to where the wind is going because otherwise it will take you so far off course, you won't know where you're at. and uh, Even your compass will lose its bearings and go, I don't know. I have no idea where True North is anymore. So, uh, so just to wrap things up, what, what's your one piece of advice for, for people that you know, need to really you know, build that relationship with, with fear and, and not fear, but, um, you know, failure and, and some things that they can do to really solidify, you know, the foundation of their business. So they have a chance to be successful. Well, I mean, one thing is definitely, um, understand what 
foundations are. Like go out there, learn what the foundations are and then lay down strong foundations. Starting with you, the entrepreneur, because you're the first pillar of that foundation in your business. And then the second thing is develop healthy relationship with failure. I mean, um, yes, I, I, I do have a few different things, but we don't have the time, uh, in all honesty, to, uh, because I would, I would need a little bit more time to explain like, you know, how you can develop healthy relationship with failure. Uh, but yeah, like make sure that, that you do that. Make sure that you take away the emotions because the emotions cloud your vision. And then, you know, that triggers um, negative self-talk and so on. And it triggers this roller coaster that just goes down. Uh, but uh, you need to look at the logical side. There are quite a few different soft skills that are very beneficial, like mindfulness, emotional intelligence, and so on, um, to look at things uh, without the emotions. Because every failure is a result of a certain process that didn't went as it should have gone. So either there were wrong steps in the process or there were bottlenecks that you didn't find and, and eliminate. So either of those two. And then, you know, go back to the process and not, don't focus on the failure. Go back to the process. See what you can reflect and what you can learn and how you can grow and how you can pivot, change your process so that the second, the third outcome will be much closer to success, if not the success itself. That's amazing advice. And yeah, I, I think uh, what we'll do is I'll have you share um, how people can reach out to you um, and learn more about, you know, this awesome work that you're doing. So, you know, what's, what's the best way for people to get all of you? Um, it's very easy. They can go to Google or any other search engine and just type fail coach and, and they'll land on any of my social media accounts and then they can just choose whichever one they prefer. They can find me on LinkedIn, on Instagram, on Facebook. Um, and uh, yeah, just reach out, connect with me. Um, I, I have a lot of uh, free stuff that I'm offering uh, to people. Um, so just trying to you know help as much as i can so um they don't they don't necessarily have to become my clients to get a lot of value a few years ago i i came across this quote from albert einstein that says uh instead of being a man of success rather be a man of value <clears throat> and i try to do that every single day so i try to really produce uh, a lot of content that's valuable to fellow entrepreneurs to help them um, getting okay with failure, developing that healthy relationship, and also things about foundations and so on. And so, yeah, all they have to do is go to Google, type in fail coach, and bam, that's that. There's Mika. <laughs> that is awesome, and I'll I'll have those links in the show notes. And and thank you for being a, a person of value uh, because it's impacting many, many lives. And um, I'm so thankful that, um, that you were able to navigate through all of those challenges that you faced in life. And now are here helping others, you know, avoid, you know, you know, the same type of situations or, or even worse. So Mia, thank you again for being on the show. Um, it was my pleasure. Thank you for inviting me and thank you for your kind words. Thank you.
Hey, it's Michael again. Thank you for listening to the podcast. I really appreciate it. If you're like many people, you're dealing with some significant stress and possibly approaching burnout. I know how you feel. In 2009, my burnout led to a year of worst-case scenarios. I do not want that to happen to you. If you go to breakfastleadership.com, you can register for a free webinar on burnout prevention, as well as get as a free checklist to have successful mornings. Start off each day the right way. Again, that's at breakfastleadership.com. Also, since you are a loyal podcast listener, I'm asking you to like, rate, and review my podcast on iTunes. I look at all the reviews and appreciate your comments, and it helps other potential listeners discover the content I have on the show. I appreciate you, and thanks again for listening.